Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny with you, live and in person. Presented by Progressive Insurance, guests on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Outstanding day. Outstanding because the rain has stopped. Not just here in Connecticut, from which I am speaking to you, but more significantly in Augusta, Georgia, where they are on the course right now. The most beautiful place on planet Earth, playing the best game ever invented in the best golf tournament of the year. The first time they've ever played it in the month of November. By now, you probably know the start was delayed today, so they're just getting started. And I will keep you posted on what is going on there as we continue throughout this day. It is my favorite sporting event of the entire year. Right now, there's a three-way tie at the top. Again, they're just getting started. But at three under par right now are Scotty Scheffler, Lee Westwood, and Xander Shoffley. If you were listening yesterday, I told you Dustin Johnson is my pick, but Shoffley would have been my other pick. I think he is very much due. So I think Shoffley has a really good chance to win this weekend. Again, I picked DJ how about Tiger Woods? I know that's what you're wondering. If you're not a big golf fan, you may be thinking to yourself, well, can Tiger pull off something miraculous as he did a year ago? This would be more miraculous. Yes, Tiger winning last year, based upon all that had happened over the previous decade, felt like a miracle. But he had been playing well leading up to that. The opposite is true now. He has played very little and very poorly by his standards in the year 2020. So for Tiger Woods to go out and shoot a number today to, to be in contention this week would be a huge surprise. He is at even par through three holes last I checked, and he is one of many who are starting on the back, which means if he's played three holes, he's getting to the par fives now. He will be disappointed if he makes anything more than four on 13 and on 15. But I did come across this one tweet from Brandel Chambly, which I thought was, I just liked it, and I think you'll like it too, as we consider the possibilities of Tiger. Chambly from the Golf Channel tweeted, Jack Nicklaus won his sixth Masters in 1986, 23 years after his first. He was ranked 33rd in the world going into that week. Tiger Woods, if he wins, it would be his sixth Masters, 23 years after his first, and he is ranked 33rd in the world going into this week. So the symmetry there lines up. And I am a believer in that stuff. I do find it at minimum interesting. It doesn't necessarily mean it's relevant. In fact, it's probably much more interesting than it is significant, but I like it. So we'll root for Tiger like crazy, and we'll see what happens. Bryson DeChambeau is the betting favorite here. He's a heavy favorite, and he has gotten off to a bad start. I have the pictures that I saw of him. I've been doing my best to follow it as I was getting ready to come on here today. It looked to me like he was looking for a ball in the bushes on 13. And I told you yesterday, and I'll tell you again, I am hoping DeChambeau does not win. And I never root against anyone in golf. I don't root for anyone to fail in golf. It just doesn't feel right to me. But I will say that Bryson DeChambeau, right now, if he were to overpower this golf course and win the Masters this year, I think it could be the beginning of a, a total change in the sport and one that I myself would not like. I am not a big fan of the power game. Uh, golf is a, is, is a beautiful game. It's my favorite sport. N nothing is close. And... Um, Bryson DeChambeau, for those of you who've not been following this, has been the most talked about player in the sport because between the end of last season and the beginning of this one, he put on about 50 pounds of muscle and now just swings out of his shoes on every single swing. He just hits it much, much farther than anyone else. And the concern of a lot of people, myself included, is if the game just becomes one purely of power, if he becomes a truly dominant force in the game, well, what will happen? That will influence the next generation of golfers. 
All these kids right now who are in their early teens who have really great talent, they and their coaches, wherever it is they are, all over the country and all over the world, will just be drinking protein shakes and swinging out of their shoes. And that's not what the game is meant to be. It's not what I want the game to be. They will then have to start completely redesigning the golf courses. Next thing you know, they'll be playing golf courses that are 8,000 yards long. I don't want to see it, and I don't think anyone who really loves the game wants to see it. So I root against no one in the game of golf. But I genuinely do believe it would not be good for the sport if Bryson DeChambeau were to win this week. Coming off of winning the U.S. Open, coming off of being the best player in the world basically all year long. So let's see what he winds up doing. Again, he is plus two, but they are just getting started in round one at the Masters, and we'll be keeping an eye on it. The exclusive coverage is on ESPN today and tomorrow. So that's where it begins. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. My guests on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line will include Damian Woody, and you will not want to miss him today. He's live in 25 minutes. I promise you what you will hear from him will stun you. And then Lewis Riddick coming up. A little later today as well. And I want to get some basketball people in here if I can on this business coming out of Houston. But right now, Bubba, give me some music. I want to look ahead to the five biggest games on the NFL schedule this weekend, which begins, Bubba, tonight. Number five. Number five is Colts-Titans. And that is the game tonight. And here is what I think is the most interesting thing about this game. I think we are right now watching to see whether or not Phillip Rivers' career comes to an end in the next few weeks. The Colts have a really tough stretch right here. They play the Titans twice in a three-week stretch. I believe that if the Colts play big, Phillip Rivers, this is it. I mean, this is it. I've been saying, look, I was the one who told you last offseason. He did not look like a player who had a bad year to me. He looked like a player whose time had come to me his last year in L.A. And I was surprised. The relationship with Reich being what it is, I was surprised that the Colts, who I think have a Super Bowl caliber team around the quarterback, made that decision at the position. I think this is Phillip's last stand. I think this is the beginning of it. The next three games will determine whether or not Phillip Rivers is their quarterback going forward. Can they accomplish something? Does he play well? Do they have a real playoff run in them this year? Or is it over? And are the Colts trying to figure out who their quarterback of the future is? Could that be Sam Darnold? There'll be a lot of questions that get answered on them, and the beginning of that answer will be tonight against a Tennessee team that, look, what a year they've had. It started with all the COVID stuff and all the games they missed and all the accusations and all the criticism, and then they came back and they looked great, and they were just destroying people. And then Pittsburgh put them in their place, and they lose to Cincinnati, and it feels like no one has mentioned them since. The Titans have gone from talked about to even more talked about to completely forgotten. But they're in totally, totally in position to win their division, and tonight is a big night as they will play the Colts again for the first time of two matchups in three weeks. So tonight's game is a huge one to kick off Week 10. That's game number five. Bubba, next. Number four, Eagles at Giants. Well, I mean, look, this, is, this has been the week of Wentz, right? This has been the week of Carson Wentz. Of all things he didn't need, <laughs> the last thing on earth he needed was for Brett Favre to go on first take and say, you know, I really think the Eagles should have stayed with Nick Foles. I'm going to talk a little more about that in depth a little bit later. But what it does, because Doug Peterson is in a position, the head coach of the Eagles, he would love to say, if almost anyone else had said that, Doug Peterson would love to just say, who cares what he thinks? He should shut up. Wentz is our guy. But Doug Peterson was Brett Favre's backup. They were teammates and their friends. So Peterson really can't say that. 
And then it took him a day and a half to respond, and when he did, he did it somewhat angrily, but one way or another, I think that the additional layer of pressure is there. Carson Wentz's terrible season just continues to get worse, but they haven't heard a thing yet. If they should find a way to lose to the Giants, who, look, are bad, but they play tough. They play teams tough. When last seen, they were winning a game. When seen before that, they had a two-point conversion opportunity that would have sent a game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers into overtime. And oh, by the way, they got a bad no-call, I thought, that cost them any opportunity to win that. They're in pretty much every game they played. So it is by no means a foregone conclusion that the Eagles win this game. And if you think the noise has been loud in Philly leading up to this, if they should lose to the lousy Giants, then I think it becomes deafening. So I don't think any player has more pressure on him to win this weekend in the entire NFL than Carson Wentz does. Do I expect the Eagles to win? Yes, I do. But I base that on nothing. Because everything I've thought they'd be, everything I've assumed they'd be in Philly this year, they've not been. And the quarterback has been at the center of the trouble. So I think this is a very big game for Wentz and a very big game for the Eagles. Again, I expect them to win it, but I have zero confidence in that expectation. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. Top five games of the weekend. Bubba, next. Number three. Seahawks and Rams. Well, who's for real? Who is for real in this game? Because they play in the best division in the NFL. The NFC West, I believe, is the best division top to bottom in the NFL. And these are the two teams that I really don't know if they're for real or not. The Rams' defense is for real. Do they have enough offense? The Seahawks' offense is the goods. But can they put together any defense? I don't think either of these teams looks ready to make a deep playoff run right now. And it breaks my heart to say that because I love Russell Wilson. And between Metcalf and Lockett, they are such an explosive and exciting offense to watch. But their defense is historically bad. Their defense is biblically bad. So bad that no offense could overcome it. You could give Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs that defense and he wouldn't win a championship. Russell is just as good as anybody right now. Now he goes up against Aaron Donald and company. They've scored 34 points, Seattle has, in both of their losses this year. So what do the Rams have? What are the Rams? They're the champions of the NFC East. We know that. They played all four teams in that division and beat them all. They beat a, a, a bad and fading Bears team. So I really don't know what to make of the Rams. Their record is good. Their defense is good. Are they really any good? So this game, I think, is one where we'll start to find out about both of these teams. We're now into the second half of the season. We're creeping towards Thanksgiving. It is the time when we really find out what teams are in the NFL. So we will start finding that out, I think, about both of these teams. In that regard, I think this is the most interesting game just to observe and see how it goes. I'll make my picks tomorrow. Uh, my gut feeling is that Seattle wins, but it's another one that I base on nothing. Because I could see the Rams with Goff and company, I could see them putting up a big number on him and forcing Russell to have to stand back there and throw it and Aaron Donald to wreck his game. So I base it on nothing. I'll take Seattle, I think, on the early going, but I think it's a fascinating game to watch. That's number three on my list of the five big games of the NFL weekend, which starts tonight. Bubba, what's next? Number two, Chargers at Dolphins. Now, this one for all the obvious reasons. So you have Tua Tungavailoa, who the Dolphins took at number five, rather than Justin Herbert, whom the Chargers took at number six. And Herbert has been the talk of the league. These three rookie quarterbacks are the talk of the league. The number one story in the National Football League this week for me is the three rookie quarterbacks and the, po the potential this class seems to have. Joe Burrow has been sensational 
in Cincinnati. Justin Herbert has been just as good in L.A. They don't have the wins to show for it. When they turned the ball to Tua in Miami, I said on this program that all the heat now is on him because that's the one team of the three that could make a playoff run this year. The Chargers aren't going to the playoffs. The Bengals aren't going to the playoffs. The Dolphins could. The Dolphins could win their division. And so to make the switch to the rookie quarterback there felt risky. And at least through two weeks, it certainly looks like the right move. Two wins, one of them in which he barely had to do anything to him. Then this past one, where he really opened a lot of eyes. So this one will be about so many things, this matchup. It'll be about, did they make the right decision going to a over Herbert? Of course, we won't know that after this game, but it sure makes an interesting storyline. And I think it's a very important game for Miami. And I think every game is important for the Chargers. They've lost six games this year. Every one of them has been by one possession. They could easily be in the thick of everything in the AFC. They're probably a combined total of about a dozen plays away from being the team knocking on Kansas City's door. Oh, by the way, they could easily have beaten Kansas City. That game went to overtime. Herbert against Mahomes. So the rookie quarterbacks are fun to watch. And that I enjoy talking about that a lot. There's nothing I love more than the history of football. The legendary quarterback class of 83. The three Hall of Famers that came out of it in the order in which they were selected. Elway, Kelly, Marino. A class that also included in the first round Tony Eason, Todd Blackledge, and Ken O'Brien. Then you fast forward to 2004. The quarterback class in the first 11 picks had Eli Manning, Phillip Rivers, and Ben Roethlisberger all on their way to the Hall of Fame. J.P. Lossman also went in the first round that year. And now you've got these three kids this year getting it off to that kind of start. I'm a professional overreactor. I'm obviously not comparing them at this point to six Hall of Fame players. But boy, it is an encouraging start. And if you're a fan of football in general, you're excited with these dynamic rookie quarterbacks to watch. Of course, there was a fourth first-round quarterback this year as well, Jordan Love in Green Bay. Not going to see him this year. Not sure exactly when we will. We'll find out. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio and streaming on ESPN+. Plus. Bubba, one more. Number one, Vikings and Bears. So that's the Monday night game. And this one, to me, is about two teams fighting, battling for their playoff lives. The Bears started fast and have been terrible since. The Vikings started terrible and they've been playing fast since. And Dalvin Cook has basically played them back into the playoff picture. Dalvin Cook has, I believe, put himself into the MVP conversation. He has been the best player in the sport the last two weeks. The team got off to an awful start. The defense looked bad. The offense looked looked bad. The quarterback looked bad. And then they gave the ball to Dalvin. And everything has stabilized at least a little. And they bank a really good win over Green Bay two weeks ago. So let's see what they are. Are the Vikings a team that can make a playoff run in the second half? I think they are. But they, can, they have basically no margin for error. So they can't afford to lose this game. And the Bears? You can't be falling. They're falling off a cliff. I think they're playing for any semblance of legitimacy. And the aforementioned Nick Foles has been right in the middle of the trouble. So I think they may not just be looking for a quarterback next year in Chicago if this continues to go this way, but I think there'll be a lot of questions about the coach as well. So every game, I think, is critical for the Bears. You start 5-1 and one and miss the playoffs with a defense as good as that one is and an offense that looks this bad and an offense-minded head coach, you got trouble. So I think this game is critical for both teams. Standalone primetime Monday Night Football on ESPN. Vikings-Bears, to me, for those reasons and others, the number one game of the NFL weekend. 
Looking forward to it all. Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio and inviting you to be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. The college football season is heating up, and so is your favorite Dr. Pepper-loving college football town, Fansville. Head to a store near you to treat your inner college football fan to an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. All right, I'm going to get right to the basketball here, uh, Bubba. We will get to back to a little more NFL, but I think that the, what's going on in the NBA, if you were following Woj yesterday, we've got serious questions in Houston. Houston, we have a problem, to use the most overused little TV broadcaster line that there is, um, with the apparent pending departures of both James Harden and Russell Westbrook. That seems to be the conventional wisdom. Woj started it yesterday with the reporting, and then I was talking to Jay Will about it this morning. He came across the hall and jumped on Get Up With Me this morning, and he was talking about both Harden and Westbrook being out of Houston before the season begins. And oh, by the way, the season begins in six weeks. The NBA offseason is rolling along. If you're not paying attention, and it's easy to understand why you wouldn't be because it just ended. But the NBA draft is next week, and free agency is the week after that. And it is not a really dynamic free agent year. But I think the expectation is that there will be a lot of wheeling and dealing. And obviously, none of it could be more interesting than if both Russell Westbrook and James Harden are traded out of Houston. So there's two questions. The first is, why do they want out? The second is, where might they wind up? For the first one, let's listen to Stephen A. Smith earlier today on First Take. They don't want to play with each other anymore. Uh, Russell Westbrook doesn't want to play with James Harden. James Harden doesn't want to play with Russell Westbrook. James, Russell Westbrook wants the ball in his hands. He doesn't want to play off the ball as much. He looks at his success in Oklahoma City uh, over the previous several years. Uh, the ball needs to be in his hands. That's his mentality. The mentality of James Harden is that, all right, so be it. You know, and so as a result of it, uh, Houston is in turmoil. Houston, we have a problem. Turmoil, says my friend Stephen A. So the questions then turn to the second group, and that's much more interesting. What's next for them? Jay Williams suggested earlier today the option that everyone is dying to see, which is James Harden finding a way to wind up back with Daryl Morey, the general manager now of the Philadelphia 76ers, and playing in Philly in what would be one of the great blockbuster trades of all time if he is dealt for Ben Simmons. James Harden, Joel Embiid, Doc Rivers, Tobias Harris in Philly, Ben Simmons going the other way to Houston for them to start a rebuild around that young star. In many ways, that might be a trade that really benefits both sides. If you're Houston and you are tearing it down and you're starting over again, Simmons is still ridiculously young, needs his own team, needs you to build a team specifically around what he does well. Maybe going someplace else and not being part of the process and not being teamed with Embiid, with whom he has never been a good fit, maybe that is the best thing for him. And if the question on him was he didn't want to shoot, well, in Philly, you wouldn't have that problem if you brought in James Harden, would you? Harden would bring to the Sixers all the things they don't have. So to me, if only because it would be fascinating, and I actually think it would be a good trade for both sides, I'm hoping it happens. Harden for Simmons, Houston and Philly. Jay Will also then said he believes Russell Westbrook might be the one guy who wants to go play for the Knicks. Westbrook might, he wants his own team. He wants his own stage. He wants the opportunity to build something, to sort of become a, a hero. He loves the big city. He loves the big media. He loves the fashion. He loves all the things that might come with New York. 
Could Russell Westbrook finally be the superstar the Knicks have been praying for who actually wants to come play at the Garden? We'll see. It's going to be very interesting to watch where all of that goes. All right, Greeny with you. Just getting started on this day. We'll keep you up on the things happening at the Masters. But coming up next, it was the most astonishing thing anyone has ever said to me on television. I promise you I'm not exaggerating. And you're going to hear it next, and you are not going to believe it. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. I promised you this and it will not disappoint. Of all that I have been doing television at ESPN for 24 years, I've been a broadcaster for roughly 30 years, and my job is to ask questions. I ask questions and I listen for the answers. And this morning, one of the answers that came back to one of my questions, I think was the most surprising that has ever taken place in my career. For that, I bring in my friend Damian Woody. He is on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line, Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline. D. Wood, if you would, please share with this audience that may not have seen or heard about it the story of your mother and how you came to be named what you are. <laughs> well, thanks, Brittany. Yeah, listen, uh, my mother, was a, she, she loved horror movies. Um, loved him to death, and um, she loved the movie The Omen. And so that movie came out in 1976, I believe. So the the night she was in labor with me, she, The Omen was actually on, on the TV screen as she was in labor, and that's how I got my name. She named me after the character in the movie, Damien. And so there it is. That's, that's how I got my name, Damien, off of the movie The Omen. Okay, so for those of you who don't know that movie, I'm old enough to remember when that movie came out. It is probably the scariest movie ever made. Bubba is now rolling in a little bit of the music, and the music alone just gives you an idea of how terrifying this music is. Just listen to this for a minute, and, and, and I want to read to you the description. The character in the movie is Damien Thorne. He is a little boy, and he is the son of the devil... And the first Antichrist. So you were named, D. Wood, after the son of the devil, the first Antichrist. Is this a conversation you ever <laughs> subsequently had with your mom? Did you ever say, hey, mom, I, I understand that you like horror movies, but that is, it is an interesting way to go about choosing your son's name. <laughs> I did have a subsequent uh, conversation with my mom about it, and she... We both just had a huge laugh about it, and she just... She... Did I just lose D. Wood? It would be a terrible shame. Let's get him back, because I have a few more questions for him. Again, he was named after Damien from The Omen. 
That is the most frightening movie ever. No movie has ever been scarier than that. Again, the child, the, 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 I don't think I'm giving any spoiler alerts. The movie is 45 years old. The, 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 the child is switched at birth in the hospital. I remember this movie from my childhood. The, a, a couple has a baby. Gregory Peck is the father, a legendary actor. They have a baby, and in the hospital, the baby is switched for another baby, who it turns out is the son of Satan and the first Antichrist. And as the movie goes on, horrible things happen, as you might imagine, like animals are afraid of the child and all that sort of thing. Greeny with you, reminding you, as I bring back D. Wood in here, that hiring can be challenging, especially with everything else we have to consider today. But there's one place where hiring is simple, fast, and smart, and that place is ZipRecruiter. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. D. Wood, you have how many children? Seven. Seven children. How did you go about choosing names for them? Are any of them named after fictional characters for movies or anything like that? No, none of them are named after fictional characters. They're all, you know, they're all beautiful names and nice names. And none of the names come, you know, come from any type of horror movie or anything like that. So, um, yeah, you know, Granny, now that, you, now that I think about it, man. I'm the Antichrist. Like, my <laughs> wife literally thinks I'm the Antichrist, for God's sake. So it's kind of it's kind of crazy when you think about it. It really is. A, it's a fascinating decision. Now, many people will name their children after sports heroes, right? Like, for example, I think that over the course of the last, like, 25 years, Peyton has been one of the most popular names in the state of Indiana because of the great Peyton Manning. Uh, my wife and I, 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 I when, when my son Stephen was born, I wanted to name him Chad. I wanted to name him Chadwick Lavernia Santana Greenberg. Uh, I got voted down on that one. I got voted down on that one one-to-one, so his name is Stephen. Um, but so a lot of so I put this I question do, up. I, I do, yeah. Great. I do have I do have one child named after an athlete, and that is Dontrell. Okay. After Dontrell. actually, 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 Greeny, it's two. My bad. My wife is looking at me right now. It's like, no, there's two, honey. There's two. So I have Dontrell, who's named after Dontrell Willis, the pitcher. The pitcher. Yeah. Yes. And then I have Jalen, my daughter Jalen, who's named there named after our very own ESPN Jalen Rose. That, and you know, I've never known that. I've known you for 10 years. I've known Jalen for 15 years. I never knew that you named one of your kids after Jalen. Does he know? I assume he knows that. He does know that. And, and, yeah. and like, that's why I was on, you know, Jalen and, Jac- and Jacoby. I have a Jacoby, Greeny. <laughs> I have a Jacoby. How about that? Jalen and Jacoby. I have both in my house. <laughs> so you can come home and you can watch Jalen and Jacoby and that can mean one of two things basically is what you're saying so here's the question that I've put up that you will really enjoy D. Wood um, and it is on my Instagram page so if you go to my Instagram page at ESPN Greeny on Instagram I put up a photo of you alongside a photo of the kid Damien from the movie who was frightening even just to look at and I asked the following question which fictional character would be a more unusual choice than Damien from The Omen to name your child after. And so I'm looking for responses. So please jump on there at ESPN Graney on Instagram and just comment underneath it and I will see them. And my favorite one so far is what would you do, D. Wood, if I walked up to you and I said, oh, it's nice to meet you. My name is Mike and this is my son, Hannibal Lecter Greenberg. How would that come up? How would you feel about Hannibal Lecter as a name uh, if I were to name a a, a child after Hannibal Lecter? Do you know who Hannibal Lecter is? 
I do know who Hannibal Lecter is, and I was th- and I would think, what in the God's name? Who would <laughs> who would who would partake, or who would put that on somebody that heavy burden for someone to carry their whole life? I mean, Hannibal Lecter, my goodness. That's what I'm saying. Hannibal the cannibal. What if I were to say, hi, how are you? I'm Mike, and this is my son, Freddy Krueger Greenberg. Would that, would that fly? I mean, is that a good name? No, not at all. Hell no. no. Like, <laughs> no. No. We, no, that wouldn't fly. But wouldn't you fly. are Damon. How, you are Damien from The Omen. I mean, that is actually your name, and it is the, that is the, the did you ever, do you usually tell people that? Like, how did I not know that until today? Well, I've just never really told anybody, Green. So, so like, like now, like the whole world is knowing because, you know, it, it came out in, in, in our notes and our means for Get Up. So yes. now the whole world knows. That is correct. So, again, and now we will continue to have fun with this all day. Give me a fictional character. Just comment on the picture on my uh, Instagram page at ESPN Greeny. What, what fictional character would be a more unusual choice? Then Damien from The Omen to name your child after. D. Wood, I love it. You are the best. That was so much fun today. It made the show. Thank you very much. Best of the family, and I will see you later. <laughs> All right, man. Take it easy, Greeny. Take care. That's the great Damien Woody. Again, I mean, I've known him for years. Obviously, he played for the Jets. I knew him when he was a player on the Jets, and now he's been at ESPN for a very long time. He's been on every show I've ever done, and he's with me once a week at least for the last two and a half years doing Get Up. And I, I, Damien is a, it's not a very common name, but it's certainly a name you hear regularly. Would you have assumed that he was named after the character from The Omen? If you're my age, that is a movie you will never forget. It is terrifying. It's like naming your kid Chucky after the doll from the horror movies or Freddy Krueger or something like that. It is, it really, it blew my mind. So anyway, let it hear your, I'm, I'm looking for funny ones. I will carry that with me through the show today. If you post some funny ones in the comments on Instagram at ESPN Greeny. Meanwhile, coming up in an entirely different way, very frightening news this week. And if you aren't focused on it, you should be right now. Greeny, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. If you can't have your eye on the golf, I will be your eye on it for you. Lee Westwood has taken the lead right now in the middle of the first round of the Masters. He's played nine holes. He's five under par and of great consequence. And this is just something to keep an eye on. They're going off both tees today or both, both sides. They're starting on one and they're starting on 10. Most of the leaders you'll notice will be the ones who start on 10, the early leaders. Because the back nine is going to play much easier than the front nine is today. So the fact that Westwood is five under having played the front suggests to me he's got a chance to shoot a real low number today. Because he will shoot three, four under on the back by accident. So I think Westwood's got a shot to go really low today. He's five under right now. Paul Casey is four under. Webb Simpson is three under. Matsuyama, Oosthuizen, Stenson, and Tiger are two under. And this hasn't updated. Did he make that putt on, on 16? Because he would go to three under Tiger Wood. I know he just needed to like tap in basically on 16. I'm doing the best I can to watch it while we go. Hasn't, hasn't putted yet, but he's in great position to go to three under par. So a good start for Tiger. Again, starting on the back, that's critical. 
DeChambeau started with a double somewhere along the line, but he worked his way back to even. So we'll keep an eye on the golf for you all day. And then, I mean, the reaction is so funny to this thing with Damien. If, if you're just joining us again, and I've got one guy named Damien all upset with me in my mentions. I'm not, I'm not suggesting there's anything wrong with the name Damien. The unusual part, if you're just joining me here, is that Damien Woody's mother loved horror movies, and she named him after Damien from The Omen. The description of that character, I remember the movie. The description of that character is the son of Satan and the first Antichrist. That's who Damien Woody is named after. So there's nothing unusual about the name Damien. There's something very unusual about that being the, the backstory. So I have the question up on Instagram. Uh, please go to my Instagram page, at ESPN Greeny, and I'm just looking at the comments because I put the pictures up there and I asked, which fictional character would be a more unusual choice than Damien from The Omen to name your child after? So hashtag Bubba, let me know what you think of this. So here are a few that have come in. If I were to walk in and say to you, hi, uh, I'm Mike, and this is my son, Hannibal Lecter Greenberg. Would that be, would that be the most unusual choice you could think of, Bubba? Would that, would that be number one? Uh, so far, that's, uh, that's pretty insane. Let's try this. Hi, I'm Mike, and this is my son, Kaiser Soze Greenberg. <laughs> I mean, it's a, great, it's a great movie. I like that one. This is my son, SpongeBob Greenberg. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing really inherently wrong with SpongeBob, no, so that would just my, be weird. This is my son, Napoleon Dynamite Greenberg. <laughs> <laughs> see, I mean, see these, see, these are just a little strange. They're not necessarily, na- you know. This is my evil. son. This is my son, Jabba the Hutt Greenberg. <laughs> also odd. You know that my, what St- Stace wanted to name? So when when Stephen was being born. We, I wanted to name him Chad after Chad Pennington. Stace wanted to name him Mick after Mick Jagger. She loves Mick Jagger. But Bubba, you tell me, would that have been a good name? If I had walked up to you and said, hi, I'm Mike, and this is my son, Mick, would you have just immediately hated me? <laughs> I hate that family. I said to Stace, we Mike, cannot be that it's, family. Because it's Mike and Mick? Mike and Mick. Hi, I'm Mike. This is my son, Mick. We're Mike and Mick. We could have named our daughter Tracy. We'd be Mike, Mick, Stacy, and Tracy. It would have been the worst family in America. Yeah, I mean, that's tough. If you meet people and their, name, their family are Mike, Mick, Stacy, and Tracy, just you, you want to ignore them, right? That's not a family you want to hang out with. So anyway, the, 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 the suggestions are coming in, and they're a lot of fun, and that's what we're looking for. So keep commenting in the mentions there on the, um, on the Instagram page, at ESPN Greeny, what would be a stranger character than Damien from The Omen? I'm not sure what possibly could be. Meanwhile, it's time for some straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless, and the straight talk is this. The college football season's in trouble. It's happening right now. For all the right reasons, the precautions in place, the protocols in place in college football are the right ones. They should be erring on the side of caution. But as a consequence of erring on the side of caution, games are getting postponed left and right. Too many to make up. The Big Ten isn't even trying to make up their games because they left themselves no margin for error. And as a consequence, we are seeing games disappear that will not come back. And we have significant jeopardy of this season going into freefall. The SEC has three games on their schedule this weekend. Ohio State, without even a positive test on their team because of issues at Maryland, now has a game canceled. If they wind up getting another one canceled, now we're having a fascinating conversation about whether an Ohio State team that only plays six games deserves a shot in the college football playoff. If it falls below six, they're not even eligible for the Big Ten championship game. We already have had Wisconsin miss two games. We've got protocols in the Big Ten that means if you are out for any period of time, it's 21 days if you test positive. 
In the SEC, you're looking at 14 days. So don't look now because this season has been such a joy. It has been such a delight to see these kids who just wanted so badly to play getting the chance to do it. And there have been great games and great drama and there's so many more to come. And it's hanging by a thread. So let's just root for the best. And my advice to you is just soak in every game that we get because we are not promised. Heather said it yesterday on this show. No one in college football is taking any Saturday for granted. We are not promised two more weeks of this. So just enjoy it. The games have been really good, and hopefully some of them this week will be again. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. Keep those reactions coming on Instagram. Meanwhile, Lewis Riddick will jump in here next uh, all around the National Football League. And guys, did we get legs? I think Timmy Legler is going to jump in. Did you tell me we have Tim Legler coming? Um, Hopefully on the basketball stuff as well. So both of them are coming up on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.